preaching last day messages. I am not going into last day prophecy. I don't think we, we need to essentialize something, and, and I'm being very careful how I say that, that we all know. I mean, why, why do I have to? But I, want, I, I believe God is speaking to his church today at a time when I don't think we've ever been spoken to for such a time as this. This country has come through a lot over the years. You know, there's World War I, World War II. Who knows where this is going? Who knows what's about to take place? But I believe God does not want you fearful. But way too many people are in a place and position where that fearfulness is already there and they don't even realize it. And with that said, when the rest begins to come in, it's amplified. Because as tensions rise, it amplifies the state it finds you in. So, I, I want to get into some things this morning, but the title of this message, very simply, is His Hold on Us, period. His Hold on Us. Now, I'm going to stop right there before I get into any scripture, and I, I'm going to say this, you know, first of all, <clears throat> you're sitting by somebody, I'm going to ask you to take their hand. If you're not sitting by somebody, I'm going to ask you to take your own hands. Father, heal Ukraine. Holy Spirit, heal the land. We rebuke the evil that's behind this. We're not focusing on a person, on a name. We're focusing on what's behind this. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. But greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We are in this world, so we will go through what this world goes through. Our citizenship is not of this world. I pray in the name of Jesus, heal the land, restore the land. God, I pray that Ukraine's all over the world. No, we're praying for them. Know that they're being lifted up before you. Know that you're in control, that you are working things together. Know that you have not left them nor forsaken them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. With that said, we have been warned. We're going to suffer. We're going to have crisis. Gasoline prices are going to go through the roof. I don't know about you, but it's been very frustrating going to the store to find my special needs. <laughs> Ran into several people there on Thursday afternoon, which is usually when I, I, I take a half day and go shopping, and then I take the other half of the day and I put it away. <laughs> but, you know... You know, so much is going on around us. And, and you look around, the and sometimes it's there and it's packed. And the next time, man, I mean, it just stretches. A 
things out. And, and it's, it's not easy. It's not tough. Your, your energy costs are soaring. Things, you, you can't find the workers that you need to do things. And it, it's like all sorts of things are just going bonkers out there. And then with all these warnings, you know, it's almost like you play denial. Nah, I hear it, but I don't, I don't, I don't hear it. Until it starts hitting, and then all of a sudden you hear all this whining. And what are we going to do? Oh, God! And God has already said, hey. He's already, he's already put it there. See, I, 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 look at, I look at times like this and the condition of his church, of his people, and, and to realize that, you know, hey, there's, there's uncertainty out in this world. Stock market's been a mess. You're into crypto. It's been wicked. If, if you're, you know, uh, all these types of things, when, when you look at personal finances, how much more is it costing you a month to live now? Amen? I mean, friends, I've had to cut back to three bags instead of five bags of potato chips. Why do I do that? I, d I don't know. I, I don't know. There is a text that I want to use as a foundation this morning, a text that you've heard me talk about many times. I've done so in the NIV and the New King James, but I especially have mentioned it to you that I love it in the Amplified, right? So here, here it is. And normally what we do is we concentrate on this part. It is, for he, God himself, has said, I will not, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Now look at all these negatives. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Explanation point. But how many have really ever stopped to take a look at what the beginning of that verse says? This is interesting. Take a look at it. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, which is just extreme greed for money or material things, lust, craving for earthly possessions. And watch this. Now, all of you are going to be thinking about somebody should be here today, I know. But no, just, just realize God has you here. And he says, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. Then, semicolon, for he God himself has said, okay? So let your character or your moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and what you have. Now, I want you to put that on hold. I want, I want you to grab it, but I, we're going to grab it a little bit later, but I want you to put it on hold before I start breaking it down. 
And I want to remind us of what Jesus said as he speaks to us in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6 and verse 13. Remember these words? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be, he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, I know there are going to be some people squirming in their seat right now, but that's okay. That's why we have nice, cushy seats, so you can squirm and might not make any noise. But I want you to know right up front, right up front, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time with these points. I've given you some of these points before. But to be, be, to be totally point blank, mammon is a spirit, a false god that tries to get us to worship money to meet our needs instead of God. Now, when I say false god, trust me, I've shared with you examples of all these false gods down in Brazil and down through South America and a number of these different places. Here's the issue. Each of these gods demand a certain way of worshiping. I've shared with you, there, there are, are gods down there like, like kids' gods, children gods. And the worship that they demand is actually candy. They'll have altars set up all along the different roads of their country so you can stop there <coughs> and offer up your worship to that god. And there you'll bring candy and lay it down. There, there are certain gods that are blood gods that require pieces of human parts. Yeah, you think I'm kidding? Hey, just look it up. Don't trust my word, okay? I'm not here to make things up. Take a look. It doesn't take much to research this stuff. So when mammon comes along, what is its worship? Because I know you want to say money. No. Mammon, his worship, that spirit, that false god, demands the worship of worry. Worry about mammon. So I'm going to get in on a couple things just again to touch base because the truth is, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, all money has a spirit on it. Oh, yes, it does. All money has a spirit on it. The the point is, we decide which spirit is on our money. And it's not just a matter of God bless the money, bless my money, God. There's more to it than that. And you know, I'm not trying to, I've got something I'm going to. And if you think I'm here to talk about tithing, you're right. But that's maybe 20% of this message. So listen to me. When I say to you, this is God's principle. When we give the first tithe, it redeems the rest. In other words, when we give God his tithe, what's left goes further than what the 100% would go. Yeah, I know. Right back. No, I'm serious. Prove me wrong. Because the reality is, it's a principle. It's God's principle. It's through the scripture. I'm not going to get into a long, drawn-out you know, how it comes about. Look, tithing was there before the law. It's not a law. It's God's principle. That's why you have Abraham tithing to Melchizedek. 
And, and I can go back even further than that, but I, I don't, I don't need, at this particular point, all I want you to understand is the tithe, as the scripture says, belongs to God. So when I keep it, because I'm not going to believe that, the money that I have isn't redeemed. And I can fight and say, well, I, I've, I've acquired this, I've worked for it. Friend, you don't recognize then that everything you have belongs to God. And he has blessed us tremendously. I'm sorry. I mean, we're about to enter into some phases where people are whining and crying and can't afford this, can't get that, gas costs this too much and everything else. Friend, let me just pack you up and send you to Ukraine right now. You think you got it bad? I was watching BBC News. You know, the people that are, are, are dying in subways, children, children that are being born in shelters. And, and these people, I've, I've talked to you before. I won't go into that right now. But all I'm saying is understand that what mammon does is it comes in and tries to get you to worry about this, worry about that, and you're never at rest with God. And, and here's the thing. Mammon promises you what only God can give you. <laughs> Boy, I how many have ever gotten something from Amazon and you and, and you looked at that picture and you thought, oh yeah, this is gonna, and you get it and it isn't anything close. You know, you thought it was this big and it turns out to be that big. Or they tell you the right size and it ain't the right size. And they didn't have that color, so they sent you this awful other color. Mammon promises you what only God can give you. Hey, struggle for the money. You'll have peace. Go ahead and 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 and, and go and you'll have. He'll answer. He'll answer all your problems. You make all that money. You go go ahead and work overtime. And 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 go ahead and forsake your family. Ooh, did I just say that? I'm going to get in so much trouble here. Please understand me. I'm not coming against overtime, okay? I believe in overtime, but I want you to understand the reason we do it isn't because we're doing it as a part of a team for the company. We're doing it for money. <laughs> oh, what I'll be able to do with that money. Oh, what I'll be able to do with that money. And you get that check, and you look at it and go, how much did I pay in taxes? And then before you know it, something went wrong. And so you, you can't afford to, I mean, you were going to do, but now you got to go fix the, you know, flat tire that you got on your car. Oh, fine, mute me. Go ahead. I'm not going to shut up. <laughs> I know it's not you. It's these frequencies around here. But, but, but here's the thing. That, that, that's the idea. The enemy will get in your head to tell you that the answer is, is in money, it's in this, acquiring this material possession. It's having this latest uh, Apple phone or this, you know. And, and, and it, it says you're going to have peace. You're going to have assurance. You're going to have value. You're going to have purpose. You're going to, you, no. Money will never bring you purpose. Only God can bring you purpose. 
and understand money doesn't make things better. God does. If only, if only. And how many know that mammon will attack you with facts? There's a lot of facts, but there's only one truth. Mammon sets itself up as a substitute God. Whether it be from greed, whether it be from frustration, whether it be for acquiring, we worship positive or negative, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. The principle very simply is this. When money is submitted to unrighteous mammon, the money becomes unrighteous. Can I teach you something here real quick too? This is a principle I had to learn and understand. And this was going way back. But how many know the tithe is God's? Then don't designate it. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, I give 30% of the tithe to the church. I give another 30% to the, uh, to, the, to the TV ministry or this evangelist or what. And then I give another 40% over here to this ministry. Then it's not God's tithe. It's your money, and you're telling it where it's going. Bring all the tithe into the where. So that there may be what? Food to eat. Yes. The tithe belongs to the Lord. And what happens is when that tithe is submitted, then he makes some other people very responsible to be stewards. And you don't mess with God's money. I learned that a long time ago. Hello, hello, hello. So what I'm saying to us is when we begin to designate the tithe, then it's no longer God's. Some people might get upset with me at that. Hey, don't. If you're going to give, give offerings. They're called love offerings. That's exactly what they are. There is no designation on that. You can give to who you want, how much you want to give, whenever you want to give. That's fine. But the tithe belongs to God. And if, if you, you don't you agree with me, that's okay. You're, you're allowed to be wrong. Not a problem. But take it up with him, not with me. I'm just the messenger. Okay? But, but, but here's, here's the thing. That, that when money is submitted to unrighteousness, unrighteous mammon, the money becomes unrighteous. And the enemy has a heyday with it. And he will tear it apart left and right. And you'll be standing around going, where did it all go? Worry sets in. I don't, I, I, I don't have, I'm, I'm not satisfied. It's never enough. Flies away, it's gone, it's here, it's here today, and I think I'm okay, and then I turn around tomorrow, and where did it go? And I want to give you some things here this morning, very quickly. Ten things before I get back into our text, which will take only an hour and a half, it's not a problem. But, but how, how do we know that we're under the spirit of mammon. So, let me give you some red flags. You lucky people. Because I, I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up. I believe with all my heart, God's saying, 
get ready. You're going to go through some stuff. And if you're, if, if, if you're in a place and you don't even know it, that what's happening here <coughs> is, is, is that you're finding yourself in, in a place of worshiping manna and, and don't even know about it, that you're under the spirit of mammon, and that when this stuff hits, it's going to get amplified. And listen to your words at that time. Because what I'm sharing with you is what I believe God is trying to lay as a foundation to say to us, I've got you. I've got a hold of you. I'm not going to relax my grip on you. To know contentment, contentment with what you have. If parents aren't content with what they have, what makes us think that kids are going to be content with what they have? Will you please still love me at the end of the service? Let's, let's do this. Number one, how to know that you're under the spirit of mammon. Number one, you're always thinking about money. Your focus is either on what you don't have or you want. You're, you're seldom in a place of contentment. Hello. Do I, I won't go on anymore. I'll go on to number two. You find yourself comparing your financial situations to others. That can be siblings, it can be friends, it can be a certain age group. You, you, you look at your lack and you grow envious and jealous of others' plenty. You, you, you look at what others have and then try to outdo them. Or your success or identity as a person is dependent upon how much money you make. Heard that statement more than once. See, here's the deal. The reality is you keep comparing your financial situations to others. It's easy to do, and we do it. But we're bringing ourselves under the spirit of mammon when we do. And, and, and well, <laughs> number three, you want your riches to make a statement to others. The look you've got car you drive, your, your possessions, the job you have, your house, you're buying whatever to make a statement. You're under the spirit of mammon is what I'm trying to say. Look, look, number four, it's difficult for you to give joyfully and completely. <laughs> it's so quiet in here today. The reason I say this is because you think your finances are yours to give. So it's a reluctant, possessive spirit. Boy, do I run. God's blessed me. And then God says, here, use it here. And I'm like, but God, I tithed on it. Yeah, I can enjoy it, all right? Give it here. How many know what I'm talking about? Two of you, good. Anyways, let me tell you something. When you obey his leading, that's when you realize it's all his anyways. <laughs> Number five, when giving, you focus on what you're losing rather than what than gaining. Hmm. I mean, we think, well, I, I guess it will not get to do, you know, I, I'm not, not going to be able to do this 
or go there or have that. I can give you example after example in my own life where God's dropped into my lap totally unexpected. But I just said, oh, well, live without it. I don't need it. Yeah, I want it, but I don't need it. So it is what it, and God goes, number six, I like this one, internal chatter. In other words, as I'm talking about this right now, you don't like me. You're angry. You're frustrated. You're trying to ignore me. If you're under conviction and you're wanting to give but uncertain how, that's different. Number seven, you find security, identity, power, control, freedom, independence, significance in what you have. It's a dangerous place. You know you're under the spirit of mammon if you have to move to a smaller place or let's say a less desirable neighborhood to get or maybe get an older vehicle or what if you had to buy clothes from Goodwill? That would horrify some people. I'm trying to pump it up for you, Debbie. I'm, I'm just trying to make it work for you. Debbie's like an accountant here tonight, so we'll take that one. But, you know, it would tear you apart to have to do some things because your identity and your security and your significance is, is, is your money. Number eight, going through this as quick as I can. When you serve mammon, you become fearful, stingy, greedy, hard-headed, angry, selfish, demanding, fretful, and worry with your money. Am I getting amen today? But I'm going to tell you straight up, worry is one of the clearest signs that the spirit of mammon has us. Worry about how we're going to pay a bill, get needs met, retirement fully funded, etc., etc. You are living by sight and not by faith. When mammon has you, you aren't sure whether or not God will meet your needs. You're unsettled. You're nervous. It undercuts your trust in God. Oh, yes, it does. And you aren't sure if he'll come through. And it's reflected even in your prayer. It's a desperate, a doubt-filled prayer. I'll never forget, and I've shared the story before, so it's not new to a lot of you, but for some of you, there came a time when the previous church that I pastored, we, we hit disaster financially. We had gotten three months behind in our mortgage, our electric, all of our utilities. We're six months behind in missions. The church couldn't afford to pay us. We knew that. But we also knew that we couldn't stop the church from getting its blessing from paying us. So they, they would write us out the check, we would endorse it, and give it back to them. We lived like that for a month or more. Until one day, picked up the kids from school, brought them home. It was a Wednesday afternoon. 
run them in the house. They all, they lived in a bylaw, so they ran up to the kitchen. First thing they did is after they, you know, threw off their backpacks and their coats, headed straight for the fridge and he went straight for the pantry cupboard. Well, they opened it up, flew it open, and, and, and along with, the, you know, the refrigerator, there was nothing, friend. We had nothing. We were, we were looking at the bills we weren't going to be able to pay as well. Period. It, it, I mean, let's face it, you know, it's, it's <laughs> you, they opened up the fridge and they looked, I'll never forget their faces. They looked up at me and they said, Dad, well, back then it was Daddy. Daddy, isn't there any food in the house? Well, I showed them in the fridge, hey, buddy, there's, there's mustard, ketchup, but no bread. There's nothing. It was a Wednesday night, and so to be honest with you, I needed to get back to the office to finish up the message, but I just couldn't. I, I, I walked out to the garage, and I stood in that garage, and I looked up to him, and I said, you and I need to have a talk. I said, I've been wicked. I've tithed on everything you've blessed me with, everything that, that you have have, have given to me, I've tied on when it comes to whether it's the pay or special gifts or anything else that comes along that way. Now, to be honest, I can live like this, I can take this, but my kids are hungry and they need that. That was my talk. Think it would have said anything back? No. The heaven was quiet. So I put my coat back on told my wife I'd see her in a little bit, pick them up for church. Walked outside when this little blue truck with a cap on it come backing into the driveway, and out steps a gentleman, old trucker kind of farmer guy, big tub. His hands were huge. You know, he was, <clears throat> his wife was a RN. And they stepped out of the truck and come walking over. Now, they were, they had only been attending the church for a very short period of time. Not really a long time, but we'd struck up a friendship to know each other. And he, I, I looked at him, and I felt, you know what I felt? I felt guilt. You want to know why I felt guilt? Because I was at home and not at the church office, so God help me. But how many know God has us in the right place at the right time? I walked out, and here they come walking around. He's got his bib overalls on and his... His Captain Penny's hat. How many know what I mean by Captain Penny's hat? Anyways, he comes out, and he's got his hands in his bib, overalls. And he, I said, uh, hey, Dale, what, what you doing? Oh, me and the missus, we were driving down the road, and we both felt God speak to us at the same time and said, go tithe to the pastor what you got in the back of the truck. I looked at him, and I said, honey, he said, come on over here. So I, I had no idea. So I walked over to the back of the truck, and, I, and he opened up the, the lids and pulled down the tailgate. There in his truck was not a half, but a whole cow that he had just picked up from being slaughtered and processed. He said, get in there and get yourself some steaks and roast, whatever you want, just take it. How many know that when the spirit of mammon has you, it's hard to receive from God? Well, I, I, I got in the back of the truck sheepishly, and he handed me a big old box, and I started taking a package of hamburger and throwing it in, hamburger and throwing it in, 
And he yelled at me. He said, get some steaks and roast. So I got a steak, a little roast, and put it in. He literally put that hand, grabbed me, pulled me out, ripped out of my hand the box that I held, went into the truck and started just dumping it in there. That night, my kids ate steak. We still didn't have any potatoes or, or vegetables, but we had steak. Let me tell you, God dealt with us. God taught us some very incredible things, my wife will attest to that. And within three months, we weren't six months behind in the mortgage. We were ahead in the mortgage. In three months, we had over six months of missions paid. Salaries restored. Well, did you have some extra special offerings? People gave uh, some extra? No. I still don't know how it happened. I, I can't. Well, of course he did. He's the one that did it. But my point is, he didn't bother telling me. I would love to have said, well, yeah, this was put together and that was put. I had nothing to do with it. And I still don't know how it happened. But I can tell you straight up and absolutely that what God does is he takes that which is his, the rest of yours he blesses. There's no, mm, 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 mm. friend, I'm, I'm just telling you, if you've been faithful, if you've given of his tithe, when you have given to him, you can stand at those times and say, Lord, yes, you can. And I'm living testimony of it. I had steak the following night, too, but I usually don't tell people that. Number nine. How to know that you're under the shadow of, or the spirit of mammon? You're never satisfied. There's always something else or a little bit. It's interesting, but I don't have the scripture up here, but I'm going to give you the scripture. It's Ecclesiastes 5.10. Solomon writes of the futility of chasing after mammon. He says, whoever loves money never has enough. <coughs> Excuse me. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. Let me give you the final one here. Living beyond your means. Ouch. In other words, overextending yourself financially and unwilling to cut back. Unwilling to cut back. Living beyond your means. Friend, I want to I come back to the text. I want I want to I want to make I want I want to make a statement here. I want you to understand where I'm coming from. In this particular text, you have five negatives that are connected to two verbs and one pronoun twice. And and, and let me let me just just come in. Let your your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice lust and craving for earthly possessions and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. 
Friend, I don't know. There might come a day in this country where we don't have anything left. Where what we thought we had in the bank, the bank now declares as nothing. The ruble and Russia with, the, with, with, with SWIFT now and the other things that are taking place, you're going to see some spirals that you, you, you would not expect. There, there's some, Fred, it can all end tomorrow. And we'd be left with what? Nothing. Friend, let me just really mess you up. The internet could stop. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox could be no more. No longer would you get your feed of, of information of what Biden is doing here, what Trump is doing there, and what this is happening. No, can, I, can I really mess you up? You could reach a point where you could no longer buy, sell, or trade. I'll get into that another time, but I can tell you those days are coming if the Lord tarries. But I'm saying to you this, God's creating a foundation and the first thing he says, the first thing he expresses is let your character, your moral disposition be free from the love. Of, I don't have the love of money. Well, then fine. Give me what you got. You know what I'm saying. Don't, don't tell me you don't. We all need money. That's not the issue. It's the love of money we're referring to because we're not satisfied with where we're at. We're not satisfied with what our, our material possessions are. We've got to have this. We've got to build that. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. You know, what am I going to do? How am I going to retire? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Well, I'll tell you what. God smacks us upside the head sometimes in every stage of life. But I want you to see something here because he's saying be satisfied with your present circumstances and what you have. How comes? What's, what's, what's he saying? Now notice this. It says, for he, God himself, not some apostle, not some prophets, God has said himself. These are his words. You need to hear them, grab them, hold them, memorize them. Remind him. Speak them. Remind yourself. Don't go without them. Don't leave them behind. Don't be looking by sight and not walking by faith. Find yourself wrapped up in the words he's spoken. That, what? He had himself. I will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support. I will not fail you. I will not give you up, nor leave you without support. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. What happens when we hit those places? And, 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 and forgive me, but some people are already at that place could be you're sitting in here today and you don't know about tomorrow. 
And notice what he says. Notice the negatives. I will not. I will not. I will not. Why are they repeated? It, 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 is, it, is, it is the hugest exclamation point you'll ever run across. Because in, in Hebrew, they don't have explanation, exclamation points. So instead of an exclamation point, they repeat it twice. Verily, verily, and things like that. <laughs> but when you see it three times, so like when Isaiah, he just didn't say holy, holy. He said holy, holy, holy. That's the idea. So I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you nor let you down. In other words, relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. He will not cast you off. You think because of what you have or don't have, he's forsaken you? You don't know your God. And I can guarantee you the look, the direction we're focused in on. Oh, friend, I understand something. He said this same thing to Jacob, to Israel. He said it, he said it, as, as you know, he said it to Joshua. He said it to Solomon. And as the writer of Hebrew states, what was said to them extends to us. Last point. We were born a taker. We were reborn a receiver. Happy am I, Jesus is faithful. Okay. Feel beaten up or something? Hope not. See, here's my thing. I'm doing this step by step. This was, this was not something I, oh, no, I'm not going to even say that. I'm, I'm just going to say this. God deals with us right where we are. And says, let's go forward. Let's not stop and regress about all that was back here. Let's start from right here. And let's go forward because there's promise. There's future. There's hope. I'm with you. I will not forsake you. I will not relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. That's why the writer of Hebrew will also say, look unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter. Fix your eyes on Christ, the author and the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy before him did what? endured the cross. 
count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Oh, my friend, let me tell you something, very honestly. I'm not trying to talk you into giving. I'm not trying to talk you in to certain things. I'm trying to share with you the principle of God and between you and God. And be careful. Don't come to God with justification because those are usually just excuses. Yeah, I know. You're not like me at all this morning. But I'm trying to tell you something that's not something I've learned because I read some books and because I've been doing this long enough and because the church needs this or that needs to take... No, 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 no. I've learned this through experience. God has taught me. And not just, you know, way back when. He's been teaching me now. How many know I'm not as young as I used to be? So, you know, down the road here, I'll be looking at what? Walking really funny. And you know what the spirit of mammon does to you in getting you to think about what you don't have in order to do what you're inevitably going to have to do? It's wicked. Then the spirit comes in and says, hey, when have I ever let you down before? When have I never fulfilled? When have I never come through? When have I never provided? And every step of the way, he has. So many believers are wrapped up in a fear when it comes to condition that it literally paralyzes them, immobilizes them, and keeps them from what God really has for them. And lies to them to tell them that mammon itself can only give, not God. You've got a choice, my friend. You've got a choice. It's a choice that comes between you and your God. And I can honestly tell you, one more step. And I'm a short guy. I can honestly tell you how great is his faithfulness. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your hand on this service. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives, even we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds our hand. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you have this way of, how do you put it, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving? become a peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, it's not just a, a myth. It's not just a fairy tale. It's not just something that, you know, oh, I'll try this. And we, we share mercy. I'll try this. No. God, you've already done it. We need to rest in you.
believe you. Not back up and, and, and go backwards in what you have said you would do. We need to get back on track. Where we've given up on, 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 on things like tithing for whatever reason. We need to get back to it. Giving to you. Not to a church, not to a pastor, not to a ministry. Not, we, we've got to give to you. And when we put it in your hands, that's when things begin to change. Holy Spirit, I rebuke the enemy of mammon. I rebuke the weary, the worry and the weary. I rebuke the mindsets that have been imposed, the lies that have been fed. I rebuke the stress. I rebuke even the debt. I rebuke all that has found its way into lives to shut them down and to shut them off. And Holy Spirit, I pray once again, you would open up the eyes of our understanding. Give us revelation of our Lord and Savior. Let us begin to understand with our hearts, even though our minds are screaming in arguments right now. We follow where we are joined to you. heads bowed if you're here this morning and yeah your life's not right with Christ and it's no accident that this message is being shared because there's something about it that resonates because the truth is something that God uses to convict us with if you're in this place this morning and you know your life's not right with God and that relationship is not there friend here this morning there's an invitation being given to you an invitation that simply says come weary heavy laden and I'll give you rest you hear my voice open the door I'll walk in sins and your iniquities I will remember no more but it takes a receiving it takes a yes it takes a choice and if you're here this morning and that's you and you're, and you're making that choice to say yes to God in your heart I want to ask you to pray a prayer Pray from your heart. Repeating a prayer doesn't save anybody. That's not the idea. The idea is to lead your heart in this prayer. So church, I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. If that's you this morning and you're here, pray this prayer from your heart. Jesus, come into my life. 
I receive you. I ask you, forgive me. Save me. Be my Lord and my Savior. I don't understand everything. But I understand this. This day, I need you. Come into my life and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer right where you're seated, say, yeah, that was me. I prayed that prayer this morning. That was me. I, I said, yes. I said, yes. If that was you, just slip your hand up right now because we want to celebrate with you. We want to glorify God with you. But we also recognize that in this place, at this moment, at this time, God celebrates his children. I've gone beyond one step now, haven't I? But here's my thing. Friend, I don't like talking about money. I don't like preaching about it. I don't look at what people give. I don't. Two reasons. One, I don't want to play favorites. Number two, I don't want to get depressed. I'll be very honest with you. I'm comfortable with talking about this. But I also know that God wants to talk about it. You can say what you want. You can do what you want. You can argue what you want. It's not with me. I learned a long time ago God's going to take care of his church. It's his church. Just because you might think, well, you know, uh, God's church doesn't need my money. No, it doesn't. It needs God. That's not the issue. You missing the whole point, which tells me there's a spirit of mammon that's working away in your life and you don't even know it. It's not the church that needs your money. The reality is you're keeping God's money. And that's the dangerous spot. That's why you struggle with what you struggle. That's why all that stuff breaks. I mean, Friend, I want to tell you, stuff breaks down. Amen? It, it, and it doesn't just one at a time. It usually breaks down three or four at a time. And when you stand there as a believer, you're looking at that and saying, how am I going to deal with it? How am I going to afford it? How many know God always makes a way? But I've seen the other side of that. Where God can't make a way because they've tied his hands. And the spirit of mammon has had total domain over their finances. There are people who, no, I'm not going there. All I'm saying is this, you know what we need? We need a healing in our lives that only God can bring and God can provide. And I say that from the standpoint that church, if we are going to be a church that reaches out that accomplishes his purpose 
that feeds the hungry, clothes the naked, reaches the lost, provides and how's that going to happen? Stand with me, would you please? You've been sitting way too long. I am going to do something that uh, this wasn't in the plan. I know some of you got to get out of here. You know, you've got low sugar or you've got food in the oven that's going to burn. I can tell you right now, I've got low sugar and I got food in the oven that's probably going to burn. I'm doing sauerkraut and kibasi today. Oh, yeah. Why did I say that? I have no idea. Ooh, kibasi. You didn't watch any Hulahan and Big Chuck, did you? Do me a favor, would you? I feel God wants us to do this, otherwise I wouldn't ask it. But could you just join me down here for just a few minutes? I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to keep you. I believe that we need to pray together this morning and with a purpose and reason. Nobody's going to be asked to do anything weird or anything crazy. I'm not coming down to whack people or touch. No, I, I just believe that we as a body need to come here together to number one pray one more time for Ukraine Jesus want to step forward just a little bit so those coming behind can keep coming I want to thank you for doing this I want to thank you because I know it's on music. Man, am I glad to see Bruno here today. My, my concern is he's going to go too fast in that wheelchair. We're going to have to give him a ticket. Yeah. That's called that's Eileen called there, you know. She will lay her body down as sacrifice. Bum bum. <laughs> God is not the author of fear, but of power, love, sound discipline. The word fear there can also be translated as cowardice. God's not the author of cowardice. Or, it also is translated into timidity. God's not the author of timidity. He's raised you up. He's done what he's done for you to be bold. Not passive. To be courageous. To be a champion. To be victorious. God has raised you up to be more than a conqueror through him who has loved you. God has called you to a place that is enveloped in him. What I'm sharing with you today 
is not asking you to pay your way to get Jesus to do what you want him to do. I'm not asking you to pay your way so that Jesus can make you rich or get you that car, you know, that boyfriend. I'm not, I'm not asking you to give your money today. God forbid that's not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to show you that what we're dealing with is the enemy called the spirit of mammon who wants to put you in a place opposite of where God wants to put you. And what happens at that moment and time is he will get you through your head. You're comparing. That's why I give you those 10 things. Let me just say it to you this. Look, all I can tell you is what God is God's is God's. obedience be faithful to him I don't want your money I want you to be faithful to him to be obedient I don't worry about the money I know what it is to be totally without I know what it is to abound I know what it is to just get by I know what it is for stuff to break down and I can't even fix it I know what it is to be taken where somebody promises me a service and that's not what I get. I, I, I know what it is to walk through that, but you know what? I don't focus on that. Why? Because I've learned, I've learned to trust Him. Not for money, though He provides that, but I've learned to trust Him in every situation. And God makes a way where there seems to be no way. Many of you have a hand of somebody next to you. That's good. Feel uncomfortable with that? Please don't. If you don't mind, and you haven't heard him cough in the last five minutes, You know, sometimes I ask God, why can't I just be serious for this long of a period of time? God, I pray right now that the spirit of heaviness be broken off the shoulders and off of lives. And I pray right now that the truth sets them free, makes them free. Lord, I thank you for each and every one that's here and each and every one that you have called and purposed. Great things you have in store. Great things you have done. Lord, we together, holding each other's hands, each other's lives, pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come.
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses and forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Pray this as a house, Jesus. Bless your house. Bless your people. This community. The hand that I hold, prosper them. Increase them. Protect them. Keep them safe. Become wisdom. Understanding. Not impulse. Guide them. Direct them. Gift them. Raise them up. Anoint them. Use them for the furthering of your kingdom. Impart your health. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. somebody give him praise. Uh, the ushers will be in the lobby after the service here this morning. gifted this church God has his purpose for this church there are things he's wanting to do through this church that can only happen through you and no I'm not talking about money I'm talking about your giftings we're not done I want, I want you to understand there are things that are facing the house this community this state, this world, and we've only just begun to hear, to scratch the surface. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, suffers violence. We're going to have to get downright nasty and take it by force. Now, one more prayer. Lord, Give wisdom and understanding, discernment and protection to our brothers and sisters and to the country of Ukraine. Lead their leaders, guide them, strengthen them. I pray for the wall to come against the evil that would come against them. Lord, there are those who are literally our brothers and sisters in Christ in, in, in subways trying to get into trains facing an enemy hearing explosions all around them God protect them raise them up keep them safe Holy Spirit like a big blanket that's being draped on Ukraine right now like a big 
dome of protection come upon them, open up the heavens, and rain down on them. For this is your victory. This is your victory. This is your victory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Do me a favor. Before you walk from this place, first know that these altars are open. You want to spend time here, I encourage you to do so. We're here to pray with you. But before you walk out of this place, you're close enough by somebody to say, Hi. Smile at them. Let them know you love them this morning. I want to say to you, God bless you. She's looking at me strange. That's okay, I'm a strange person. I just want to say, God bless you. I appreciate you. I know God's doing some good things in there. Maybe you're walking through some things too. But there's answers. We have still hands. What's your name? Sandy. Okay, I'm Jose Jimenez. Pastor back. Sandy.
君。